and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm looking at another book in Kate Tiernan's Wicca series and that is book three, Blood Witch. This follows obviously straight on from the second one which seems to be a pattern with these books. Um, at the end of the second one Morgan was discovered in Cal's mother's private study having just found her mum's lost book of shadows in there and was kind of wondering how Cal's mum had come to own the Book of Shadows that had once belonged to her dead mother, and how Cal's mum had seemingly forgotten to mention this for the entire time they had known each other, which is sketchy as all hell. This actually doesn't result in much of a confrontation, as I was expecting. Her, basically, Cal's mum says she can have the book, and so she takes it home with her and they kind of wonder how she got into the room which is meant to be spelled shut but she just kind of pushed the door open while she was hiding from the two new characters who have been introduced who are hunter and sky which are some very teen fiction names sky was met in the previous book and morgan kind of didn't like her very much she felt that maybe there was a bit of tension between her and cal and maybe she had something to be worried about there Hunter really does not like Cal and is not shy about letting anyone know this and he does appear at various points throughout the book to also have some animosity towards Morgan as well because of her association with Cal or for another reason we're just not sure. It's later revealed that Hunter is actually Cal's half-brother slash stepbrother. I say slash because essentially Cal's dad left his mum for another witch. Uh, they got together but she had a child and it's not really known whether they were having an affair before his parents split up, which means that Hunter might actually be his biological brother. He doesn't know. So that's a mystery that we'll eventually get to the bottom of, I am sure. A new concept is also introduced in this book, the concept of seekers and the council. I was kind of waiting for something like this to crop up because obviously we've known about these sort of seven clans of witches and there must be some sort of central body that is made up of all of them, some way that they interact with each other. That is revealed to be the council and they have seekers who are basically the witch police and they come and find you if you're doing bad things. This is also the book in which Bree and Raven, who have had various ongoing feuds with Morgan, mainly because they wanted to shag Cal and she was going out with him, but they splinter off and they form a new coven, uh, which is a coven headed up by Skye, because you can't have a coven without it having a blood witch in it, apparently, and Skye is the blood witch who they have gone to. And Morgan becomes a bit worried that they're working magic against her because of various altercations that she has with them throughout the book. So that's sort of an, an added spectre introduced into the plot, uh, another element of threat that she's facing. She's also trying to find out more about her mother and what happened to her mother and her father. In the previous book, it was revealed that they were killed in a fire. They were locked in their barn and then the barn was burnt down. And... This is connected somehow to the destruction of the coven that they came from in Ireland. Basically, that coven was destroyed. They'd already fled to America. And then later, um, after having eschewed magic for quite a long time, they realised that they were under threat. So Morgan was put up for adoption. And quite soon after that, they were murdered. Morgan manages to visit their home. And she actually discovers her mum's magical tools, which is... Uh, quite a big moment for her and again we get to learn a bit more about their heritage and the Bellwick Coven. 
Two new character voices are also kind of introduced. Uh, I say introduced because they don't get their own chapters, but as in the second book when we had chapters beginning with sections taken from Morgan's mother's Book of Shadows, this book has chapters that start with either a section from a character called Giamanach, which I am 100% sure I am pronouncing incorrectly, and another character called Sigath. Uh, Sigath sections are quite short and they tend to be um, things that they're thinking uh, as opposed to actual fully realised story sections. I'll just find one to read for you. So at the beginning of chapter 12 there's a, a Sigath section which reads, I thank the god and goddess for her. What a revelation she is continually. When I was assigned to her I had no idea she would be anything but an exercise in power. She has become so much more than that. She is a wild bird, delicate but possessing fierce strength. To move too soon would be to watch her take flight in fear. For the first time in my life there is a chink in my armour and it is my love. Um, Sigath's sections always sort of sound like that. They're very much of a theme and it becomes quite obvious that they are actually written from the perspective of Cal. He has been tasked with kind of seducing Morgan and he needs to sleep with her for some reason I'm sure which we don't really get into there's a confrontation at the end which I'll talk about in a moment the other sections which are Giamanach which again I'm probably not saying correctly they are telling a sort of story about how their parents went missing and what happened with that and how the bitterness from that abandonment led to a sort of horrible event where they were essentially blamed for a murder and they had a, an altercation with the council because of this. That voice is slightly different, there are longer sections and those take place in sort of the late 90s and following on from that. Uh, it's not entirely clear whose voice that is but it quickly becomes clear because of the mention of siblings that the person who's speaking those sections is Hunter. We learn a bit about Hunter's past and how essentially his family was broken up and bad things happened to them and that led to quite a lot of his motivation in the latter part of the book. I don't want to give too much away, it's just too good. Uh, so throughout the book Hunter is kind of making a move to get at Morgan and Cal and it's revealed that this is because um, Cal and Morgan both are from the Woodbane line which is essentially Slytherins in this universe, basically just the evil ones. Bell Wicket is revealed to have been a Woodbane Coven, although the Bellwicket Coven was very unusual in that they had eschewed black magic entirely and they had promised to be good. So they were like reformed Slytherins, but then they got all suspiciously wiped out in a cataclysmic event, which is very suspicious. And I'm looking sideways at Cal and his family for that one. I have no proof as of yet. Um, so essentially, um, because witches have become so rare and because uh, they've been hunted and persecuted and they've all got mixed up over the years. No one's really meant to know what bloodline they come from anymore or what clan their bloodline is from. But Hunter seems fairly certain that Woodbane is the clan of Morgan and Cal. What annoyed me about this is that it is revealed three separate times and each time it seems to come as a surprise. So on page 106 Hunter is talking to Morgan and she basically 
is telling him to fuck off. And she says, get the hell away from me, I shouted, or do you want me to really hurt you? Hunter sneered, trying to show me just what a powerful woodbane you are. Time seemed to freeze. That's right, he whispered. I know your secret. I know your woodbane. You don't know anything, I managed. The words came out in a misty whisper. Maeve Riordan, he said, shrugging. Bell Wicket. They were all woodbane. Don't act like you don't know. You're lying, I spat, but I felt an awful sensation bubbling inside me like a boiling cauldron. I wondered if I was going to throw up. And then sort of later on in that paragraph, uh, Hunter says, you can't pretend it away. You're woodbane. Cal is woodbane. And the two of you are dancing with fire. So obviously it's revealed there that she is woodbane and so is Cal. Uh, then on a page 114, she uh, Morgan confronts Cal with what she's learned and she says to him, he said you were Woodbane too, I whispered. We don't know what we are, Cal said quietly. Mum has done a lot of research, but it isn't clear. But if we were, would it matter to you? Would you not love me? So again, they're discussing this and he says that he's not sure if they're Woodbane or not. So uh, technically, I guess that doesn't count as a reveal, but it was basically just sort of confirming the original reveal. And then later on, like right at the end of the book, on page 191, 192, um, there's a confrontation between Cal, Morgan and Hunter in the woods by Cal's house, because basically Hunter is trying to arrest Cal for something, although it's not really clear what. And Hunter says, do you know what Cal wants from you, what you are to him? Do you know the truth about anything? I glared at him, trying to think of a scathing reply. But again, the only thought I had was, why is he tormenting us like this? Beside me, Cal clenched his fist. She knows the truth. I love her. No, Hunter corrected him. The truth is you need her. You need her because she has incredible untapped powers. You need her so you can use her power to take over the High Council, and then you can start to eliminate the other clans one by one. Because you're a woodbane too, and frankly, the other clans just aren't good enough. My eyes flashed to Cal. What is he talking about? You're not a woodbane, are you? I'm absolutely puzzled by that because obviously Hunter originally said way way back like 100 pages previously you know Morgan you're a woodbane Cal's also a woodbane and then Morgan went to Cal and said he said you're a woodbane and he said eh, I don't really know if I am but it was definitely out there like Hunter had already said it once and now he says it again and it's it sort of comes across as oh my god this is a massive revelation but we, we already heard that massive revelations some time ago um, the idea of there being soulmates again crops up in this one, that there is one person you are meant to be with. And I think reading between the lines of this not very, I mean, it's not complexly written. I don't think they're making much of an effort to try and hide what's happening. Cal is definitely emerging as kind of an antagonist. He's not very trustworthy. He's definitely kind of trying to play her and although he may be developing feelings for her those feelings have kind of come out of a lie where he was just trying to seduce her over to his side i think hunter might actually be her soulmate because he seems to be being put in that position of oh why are you being so aggressive towards me but also you're always here when i need you so it's very teen fiction is what i'm trying to say and that kind of made me raise my eyebrows a little bit and think oh we're probably going to see a bit more of hunter also i know that there are some books later in the series that are from his perspective so i'm anticipating him becoming more of a main character 
Um, I say that there is a confrontation between Hunter, Cal and Morgan in the woods by Cal's house. Hunter is after Cal, he's sort of trying to place him under arrest. He doesn't want to leave Morgan with Cal. There's a sort of physical scuffle and Hunter ends up going over a cliff. And that's where the book ends, sort of like an episode of Days of Our Lives. Basically, Hunter has Cal kind of pinned and Cal starts shouting for Morgan to come help him and she flips Hunter off of him and he goes over a cliff and that's the end of the book and that was really frustrating for me because I was in Cornwall on holiday I had taken the first three books with me because the person that was selling them on eBay had them in sort of three book lots and I didn't want to buy all of them without knowing if I was actually going to enjoy the series so I didn't have the next book and I was super super frustrated and I wanted to know what was going to happen when I got back actually before I got back about in the second week of holiday I took to eBay again found that person and bought all the remaining books that they had so nine of them um and they've since arrived so I'm going to be delving into book four to find out if I'm right about Hunter actually being a love interest character or if he's now just a body at the bottom of a ravine boy will my face be red if that turns out to be true I have to say Hunter does come across, I'm hoping he does stick around, uh, he does come across as quite an interesting character. There's definitely a lot of stuff um, in his journal entries throughout the book that reveals a little bit about what he's like and what his motivations are and how he feels responsible for bad things that have happened to his family, which makes him slightly more deep and interesting than Cal, who doesn't seem to have much of a, a motivation beyond being a bit of a mummy's boy and doing whatever she wants to make her coven stronger. So I, I have a clear favourite is what I'm saying. If this is going to be Team Cal or Team Hunter, I have chosen a side. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and will tune in for further Wicker series book reviews in which I will probably continue to mispronounce Irish words. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow on Twitter, which is at Witchfix, or you can get in touch by email just to tell me how bad I am at attempting to speak Irish, which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. You can also donate to the Patreon so that I can afford Irish lessons. And in the meantime, I will see you in the next episode. Bye.